Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, what is the last app you opened on your smartphone? Right now, check it. Right now, I don't even have my phone in here, but I will tell you it is the uh, Apple Watch app. I was trying to change the faces. I got a new Apple Watch that I won that I didn't even know it was in a contest for, and I won an Apple Watch, and so I was trying to figure out how to fix it. How about you? What's the last app you open? It sucks so bad to say this. It was my Gmail. And the reason why <laughs> is somebody, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call them out publicly on the show. Trish, I've, I've been on a two year March, maybe three to get all of my work email out of my Gmail and into our official corporate email. Of right. which I have an address, steve at h3hr.com. So easy to remember. Someone <laughs> emailed me last week to my Gmail on something work-related that I needed to be take care of. Okay. But here's the problem. There were attachments involved. Four or five people on the, on, the, on the copy to list. Every one of those people chiming in from left field, hitting it back, reply all, reply all, reply all, still going back to my Gmail. There I finally had to ride it out. Just awful. I hate that. First world problems. I know it's been a long standing uh, problem for me. So I'm glad it's over with. So I'm glad I'm, uh, I'm out of Gmail for work. So cool stuff. Good. All right. We'll ask our guest that question too. She's had a second to think about it. Not a great question today, <laughs> admittedly. Uh, I apologize. It's Monday, but uh, I guess it depends on her answer. It could be really, <laughs> could be really fun. That's right. There are no bad questions, only bad answers. <laughs> yeah, I just got off Tinder right before this call. <laughs> All right, let's keep that. I did not. Outside of the bounds of this show. Uh, Trish, uh, we're going to welcome back a longtime guest of the show, one of our favorites, probably the, the most frequent guest in HR Happy Hour Show history. We'll introduce her in a moment if you don't know who she is already. But first, Trish, we must thank our sponsors. This episode of the HR Happy Hour Show is made possible by our friends at Work Human. The world is watching the leaders of today and tomorrow. Modern employees want a workplace where they're respected, seen, appreciated, and heard. And they're demanding it. Employees have a right to a more human workplace. And you, Trish, you have the power to create one. And thriving organizations like Cisco, Merck, and LinkedIn have realized the immense benefits of putting the human at the center of work. Get your copy of the book, Making Work Human, on Amazon today. Wow, that's great. That we also read. want to thank our- an enthusiastic read. It was an enthusiastic read. We also want to thank our friends at Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. With the onset of COVID-19, Paychex quickly responded to support businesses and help them manage the new challenges brought on by the pandemic. The Paychex COVID-19 Help Center is the ultimate comprehensive resource hub featuring articles, videos, scenario tools, live webinars, and podcasts that provide valuable up-to-the-date insight on stimulus measures, managing a remote or hybrid workforce, travel restrictions, state-specific guidance, and more. And you can access that for free at payx.me slash help center today. I was on and there today, just to Trish, tell you, as a matter of fact. You know what? And we were just talking about our last episode we recorded was about COVID one year later. Um, and that was one of the things we were talking about that you need to stay up on what the state, you know, mandates are mask mandates and so forth. And so that'll be a good place to yeah, get information. Absolutely. Great resource to the minute. So thanks to work human and paychecks. All right, let's get on with it. Trish, Trish, we are pleased to welcome back our friend Gretchen Alarcon. Gretchen is the vice president and general manager 
HR service delivery business unit at ServiceNow. With more than 20 years of innovation experience at the intersection of people and technology, Gretchen is passionate about building products to transform HR and the employee experience with digital workflows. Recognized as a top HR tech thought leader, Gretchen brings a unique view of the challenges many organizations face as they reimagine the future of work. Gretchen, making your triumphant return to the show. How are Hello. you? I'm so excited to be here. I was just saying, it's so fun always to hang out with you guys because we get to talk about HR stuff. We get to talk about personal stuff. And I think at this point when we're on, you know, every other platform possible, I feel like I, we're all good friends. So this is always fun so. coming home to the HR happy hour. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, welcome back. I think we counted. This is like number eight or nine. So we'll have to go back and make sure, but Absolutely. you are definitely... <laughs> The, the longest running guests. So we are it's probably going. because it says happy hour in the title. And I'm just like, sure, let's do that. I'll do it. Yeah, that's true. You trusted us when we were nobody. I'll tell you that much. It's <laughs> a long time ago. And Gretchen, I love your bio. I read a lot of bios doing a lot of these shows. I love you take, take the great bio advice where you went to the, with more than 20 years experience card. I went to it at 15. I'm just gonna be completely honest with you. I, when I hit 15, I went to, I have more than 15 years and I stopped counting. So at some point we stop counting. I you choose have. a number and then you just stick with it, right? Yeah. I mean, right. I'm going to be more than 20 for who knows how much longer. It's all good. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Gretchen, That's you want to weigh in? The last app you opened on your phone, do you recall? Yeah, I actually have a good answer on this one because uh, it was Snapchat Whoa. because we have a uh, four-month-old puppy and I was sending video to my kids we have on the family Snapchat. So that's nice. what I was doing right here at lunch about 10 minutes ago. You're pretty hip, Gretchen. That's cool. All right. <laughs> I the only way, in COVID times with adult children, it's the only way you actually can interact with them, right? It's FaceTime and Snapchat. Other than that, there is no way to actually contact someone who's in their very early 20s right now. Yeah, well, you could do a TikTok dance, maybe. I could do a TikTok dance. My daughter would laugh me out of the room. <laughs> she and I currently have an Instagram beef going on because I, I posted a one of those memory pictures of her at age 11 going to a birthday party. Oh, and she's ooh. like, so we've got a whole thing where she's blocking and reporting me because I'm you know, harassing her on Instagram right now. Oh, no. <laughs> Can we just say, though, she may not like it. I hope you do. But like you, so we've watched her grow up over the, both your children and your husband yeah. every, over the years. We know your whole family. But there was one picture recently of you and I literally thought it was her. You're like aging in reverse for real because you look so similar to her. It's crazy. Yeah, the, the genes actually went directly in our family. My daughter looks just like me and my son looks just like my husband. Right. There is no crossing of the genes exactly. there. That's why we only have two children because who knows what the third would have looked like. Gretchen, well, it's so good to have you back on the show. You have you had a big change in your your work life I since did. you were last on the show. Why don't you tell <laughs> us about that? Tell us what you're doing at ServiceNow and maybe give us a little bit of an overview for folks who may not know ServiceNow as much in the HR and HR tech space as they know them from the IT space where ServiceNow really had their, had their roots. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. It, it, you know, I kind of looked around and said, well, the world is changing dramatically. COVID has happened, pandemic, social unrest, lots of things. Why not throw a new job into that mix as well? You know, there's, there's nothing to lose. No, actually, um, you know, the thing that really impressed me when I started talking to ServiceNow about a year ago, actually, um, was really having the conversation around the problems that ServiceNow has tried to address. And in my head, I was thinking help desk because that was where ServiceNow started. Um, but what I found, the more I started to look into it was that the platform that ServiceNow has put in place really allows us to 
relook at how workflow happens and think beyond just the data and the transaction and how many steps have to be put in place to get somebody onboarded or promoted or to productive again if they've been put on a performance improvement plan. And so the idea that we could actually take a different look at how we solve HR problems, but really from the employee standpoint, not so much with the HR hat on, but more from what is the employee's experience of using this software or trying to make a change happen? And how can we make that a more productive and more enjoyable experience? So the more I dug into this, the more I kind of found, you know, a lot of big companies are using this platform to really transform what the employee experience is. And it seemed to me like this was a time to maybe think differently about how we provide service as HR people and really center on the employee. So that was why I made the decision to make a change. You know what? It's perfect timing. Actually, two things. It's perfect timing for you to make the change at the beginning of a pandemic, you know, because there is a lot of going on, right? You can kind of distract if, uh, if things don't go well, but it sounds like they are. Um, secondly, though, you know, we are recording this um, just at the one-year mark of you know, when, when the entire United States got shut down and it's interesting. So Steve and I were just having a conversation about sort of COVID and where we are a year into it. And one of the recommendations we made was that this was the time that HR leaders and other leaders really do need to be thinking about their workflows, just with the changing models of work going, you know, full remote, maybe now back to a hybrid of some sort and who knows going back another direction if things change again. So um, I think it's timely that we're having you on here. And what I liked the most about kind of hearing the update um, is that connection between the points of engagement, because we hear a lot about employee engagement, right? This isn't just another employee engagement show, like, you know, like we've been doing for 10 years, right? This is really about all those connection points and how that workflow really makes a difference. So thank you for coming on. And I know we've, we want to dig in on some of the, um, some of the things you've been up to with regard to the connected um, experiences. Can you maybe tell us just a little bit about that and how that's viewed differently within ServiceNow's culture? Sure. I mean, if you think about how we all have seen how work has changed in the pandemic, right? So everyone goes home. <laughs> I onboarded completely remotely in July, did not, I've, I've met like my boss once for coffee. That is it in terms of in-person interaction through this entire process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I really am, you know, I was saying I'm like a good case study of what happens in this remote world. But if you think about what happened in that process is we really identified where were there a bunch of weak links in the chain? Where were people still relying on an HR person being physically present to have a conversation or you know, walking down the hall to talk to IT because you were having a, a login problem. That was, that's no longer available, right? And for a lot of organizations, that's never been available for certain categories of workers. Sales has been remote for forever, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what we haven't necessarily done is really thought about how do we make that a good cross-functional experience? So you know, for me onboarding, thinking about I needed to get you know, my computer, I needed to get my logins, I needed to get trained, you know, there's the basics, and then there's the specifics that I needed to learn coming into my role, which are different than someone who comes into a different role. All of that is workflow. And in fact, most organizations, if you ask them, somebody in HR is managing that process at the corporate level. And then a lot of different groups, either the group admin or the manager has got their spreadsheet that they pull out and they're like, okay, new hire, what do I have to do? And they're rethinking it every single time because they've never taken the time to actually structure that process. But if you're hiring all the time, why, why isn't that something that is 
automated and giving you the ability so you don't have to rethink. You're starting from a template and just modifying little pieces that matter to this specific role. So I think it gives us an opportunity to really think differently about how do we serve the employee who's the recipient of all, of all this information, but also HR and managers who are the ones who are trying to set up and orchestrate this process as well. Yeah, Gretchen, and I think that's it's really proud. I was looking up um, some data from our friend Stacy Harris's survey that she does every mm-hmm. year. And yeah. as one specific piece of data I needed for something else I was doing, which was about how many HR systems the average company has in play right now. And it's like 10 and a half or something like that. And for some larger enterprises, it's more, right? But the average yeah. across all enterprise sizes was about 10 and a half. So I'm starting to think about the challenge of many of the processes that you're describing, say the new hire onboarding process, that's one of them, right? Could potentially have some sort of touch points, right? With multiple HR systems, which we all know this, right? Have been in this space for a while. Some of us over 15 years, myself, Gretchen, yourself over 20 years, as we've learned <laughs> that these are really tough to do. These, these yeah. t- stitching together these disparate systems is really tough to do. It can be very expensive. And even if we do it, we're really just sending almost, I want to say like I'm really old, like batch files overnight, right? Up from one system, updating the next. Can you maybe help us understand how what you guys are doing at ServiceNow can help organizations who have those 10 and a half HR systems? And I'm not even talking about IT systems and operational systems and the other things, but just even on the HR side, how that kind of comes together and how we can visualize how you guys can help. Sure. I mean, and I think what you're speaking to is absolutely true. You know, I think way back in time, there was some research that HR was the number two user of vendors in the company. Like marketing was number one, HR was number two. And it makes sense, right? Because HR doesn't get a lot of attention always from IT. And so it's been easier to say, we'll go buy a best of breed here and a best of breed here, and we'll just kind of stitch it all together and it'll be fine. Um, And it maybe is for the HR person who's solving that problem. But if you're the employee who is trying to navigate through this, you know, I'm over here for performance, but I'm using a different thing for feedback. And then I'm on a different one for if I need to get checked my payslip. And I have to keep that straight in my head as the employee, right? And so that's not a terribly productive process. So to the extent that we can say, this is one streamlined process and it's complex and let's put it all together. So you understand that you're on step two and there are five more things you have to do today and we can connect you to those various systems for you, that's great. The other place that this comes into play is when you think about those, the kinds of interactions people have with HR, they are either very quick and they're, you know, I've I've given myself a minute and a half to figure out if I have benefits coverage, right? I just wanna know that, do I care what system I'm in to get that? Probably not. I just, I have a question and I want the question answered. So we can provide that kind of traffic direction saying, thing to say, oh, that question's a benefits question. This question's a payroll question. This you might think is an HR question. It's actually IT. And let's get you to the person who can give you the best answer. So there's a difference between the complex processes where we can streamline and orchestrate and then the very simple ones where we can shorten that distance from question to actually responding and giving you that answer. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, illustration, Gretchen, here of, of uh, helping to solve a problem that's been around forever, which is, again, the disparate systems, but also like organizations that felt like they've not gotten the ROI of their pre-existing investments because maybe the barriers for employees to use these various systems have been a little bit high or they've been unwilling or just unable to, to kind of overcome them. I think learning is another good example as well that falls into that category. Like 
and I, and I know we want to talk a little bit about kind of in the moment and kind of real time, um, the ability to kind of have interventions, the appropriate intervention with the employee in real time. I'd be love for you to talk about right. that a little bit too, right? So maybe sure. in an onboarding example where you've got to make your request to IT, you've got to, in the old world, maybe you'd have a badge for your building you'd have to get, maybe you'll need one again someday. But, uh, but maybe there's some content that they, that the company wants the, the new hires to review and see mm-hmm. it, right away. And like, maybe talk a little bit about how that might work in, in, in an environment where you're helping them orchestrate that process. Yeah. You know, a great example of that is when you think about if we start with what the journey is, right, it's onboarding, or maybe let's, let's say it's a promotion, right? The promotion process to get you from, you are an employee and now you're a manager. If you think about that, wearing my HR transactional hat. That's one step. That is an employee status change. It's easy. The person is now a manager. Ta-da, we're done. But when you think about actually what they're going to go through to try to get them from being a, uh, they've had a status change. We have information that they need to have access to. They need to learn company policy on, you know, how do we do performance reviews? Or, you know, how do you have a coaching conversation if it's the first time you've ever had one of those? And frankly, there's an opportunity for some feedback to come back to HR as well on how is this process working? So the idea here that we could actually say there is a journey called the promotion journey. And as we structure what that looks like, we could say, here are the pieces of learning that this person needs, and they don't need them all on day one. In fact, you might have a journey for a manager that covers a full year because you've got the whole life cycle of an employee Mm -hmm. that you're trying to address to say, we need to train you right now on compensation. Now we're going to train you on performance and we're going to tie it to an event as opposed to training you in January for something that you're not going to care about until August. So having that training in the moment when you need it or that learning opportunity doesn't have to be HR structured. It might be something having to do with their specific role. And then adding in as well, the opportunity for the person to provide feedback and to say, I am two weeks in, I've done these following process. How am I feeling about this? Do I feel like I'm succeeding? What else would help me be more productive? So the idea here is that these in-moment activities around listening and learning are really meant to look at the process the person is going through, capture that feedback or train them, give them access to learning right in that moment when they're actually going to be more likely to engage or more likely to give feedback. Yeah. I love the the fact that you're using the word journeys too, because I think that just implies that it could be a longer period of time. It's nothing you're going to, like your example, you're not going to get trained to be a manager on one day and then remember everything for the next year, right? Until mm-hmm. those things come up. So very smart, not, not only naming, but then also the fact that you're really kind of changing the way that we look at the way that a person interacts with others during the course of whatever uh, role they're in, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, now I know some of these, you know, these are, these are new things, these in-moment activities. Um, can you talk a little bit too, I know there was also a journey accelerator. So can you talk to us maybe about what that means? Um, I, I know I've sort of read about it and, and it's something I think that's been missing for a long time in organizations. So maybe fill the audience in on what that is exactly. Absolutely. So, you know, journey accelerator started as we were looking at what was happening around these life cycle events or journeys, if you want to call them that. Um, you know, these big moments that matter for an employee. And again, most of the initial starting point for these conversations is really about how do we develop standards and make policy and process available to the employee, right? So you are going to be onboarded. Here are the rules as defined by HR, um, or you're being promoted. 
great, congratulations, or you're transferring to a new group, here's how that works. But the reality and the part where, you know, we've kind of missed the opportunity is how do we help that person get past the corporate standards and into what matters for their specific role in their specific region, location, group, what have you. So again, rather than relying on the manager pulling out a spreadsheet and saying, I think this is what I need you to know, could we say, here are the things that we've defined that we think the people entering this function need to have, or here's what this manager's best practices are. And ideally, if we start to see emerging best practices, how can we share that across other groups? So in my case, you know, I'm hiring a bunch of product managers. You know, there's the how you hire day one, this person's now stamped ready to be an employee, but you know, you're coming into a product management role that's not typically terribly well-defined. It's very different from company to company. So what does it mean to be a product manager here? And then what does it mean to be a product manager on my team? Because I'm a different manager than somebody else in the organization. And so to the extent that we can start to reflect that to the employee, again, they have a better sense of what it takes to be productive and can give feedback along the way on how it's going. So again, we're getting out of spreadsheets, out of emails, out of, wow, I haven't onboarded somebody in six months. Where was that thing that I used to do? And into a more structured process. So the employee feels supported all the way through. That's great. I think that would work well with Steve trying to get out of Gmail, right, Steve? Exactly. I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> I, uh, I've had a 10 or 12 or maybe 20 year battle with email that I'm, I feel like I'm starting to win, honestly, though. And, and part of that reason is I'm doing less in email and, uh, I, you know, it's, 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 it's unrelated to this topic, but since you mentioned it, I did, the, the, as we speak today, we're recording this, I did an, a show on our Alexa show feed today, which was about this concept of uh, knowledge workers not having, not being available on email or Slack or Teams, or whatever it is you use, and saying, I have office hours, much like professors do in academia, when the students can come see them certain hours during the week. And so they, and some companies have implemented it where they say, Let's say, uh, Trish, you're the expert in your company at, I don't know, JavaScript or something. And, mm -hmm. and 15 other people in the company continually ask you questions about JavaScript. Well, the idea is, well, you don't have to answer those questions. Only you answer them in your office hours, whenever those are. And you figure out when they are, you decide. And if, you, uh, if they have that question outside of your office hours, they're, they're out of luck. They got to figure it out on their own. And that's how it works. And it actually does work. And, and in some organizations that have tried this. So anyway, I love that fun. idea. I think I'm going to institute some office hours in our job, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Anything to reduce the amount of, uh, amount of email would be, would be awesome. But I mean, we're joking a little bit, but you're right. Like when you're relying on tools that are not equipped for that kind of a complex job, whether it's onboarding, new manager training, um, mm -hmm. uh, figuring out the best way to become a better manager or, or coach and even learning a new skill, to be honest with you, like, mm -hmm. like how to, how to, you know, it's a funny thing. And I, I want to ask you about this question but before the pandemic. We did the last HR tech and some of the things we did in 19, like, man, I, I felt like what I was talking about was upskilling and reskilling, right? Because world of work was changing, automation, you name it, all the, all the reasons why. Uh, and then pandemic comes and that's all we, obviously, you know, rightly so. That's all we talked about mm -hmm. for a year and we're still kind of talking about it. But I wonder if we think as we move forward, like, what do we think? Are we going to be coming back to the upskilling, reskilling conversation? Will it be something else? Like, what, what are you getting a sense of as you you know, you've been in the industry a while, but you're talking to customers all the time now about what's important to them. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think, you know, prior to the pandemic, you think about 2019, 20, early 20, 
every conversation was, we're going to redesign, we're going to change, we're going to upscale, we're going to rescale. And then by September of last year, everyone was like, can we just not? <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been holding on for six months. Um, yeah. I, what I do think is important though, and, and I've seen some people starting to ask this question is as we're coming, hopefully out of the pandemic, people are getting vaccinated. We're you know heading back into whatever our new normal is going to be. I think it's an opportunity for people to really kind of question what their roadmap was and what they think it needs to be now, because, you know, resources, people are in a different place. So it may be that you are heading down this path of reskilling, this path of optimizing or what have you, but after a year of focusing on the basics, trying to make sure we work digitally, you know, does that roadmap still make sense? Yeah. Or is now a time to say, actually, our biggest challenge in the next year is going to be the fact that we have this hybrid workforce. And instead of, you know, March was like a flip a switch. We were one direction, then we flipped a switch and moved to the other. And now I have to think about this as a dial. I'm going to dial up. I'm going to dial down. What does that mean in terms of what the experience needs to be? Um, I think it's an opportunity for organizations to really think about what does that mean to them and think differently about how they want that experience to work. I'm seeing a number of organizations talking about either a team or a role around people and places and putting those things together because now we're talking not just about the employees in terms of the people and what their experience is, but also their experience in whatever work environment it's going to be. So we mm -hmm. have to think about, you know, what does the workplace look like if you are returning to office and how are we managing safety there? But also, if you're not returning to office, how am I making sure that I'm enabling employees who are remote to continue to have the high degree of support and touch that they've received over this last year? Yeah, those are great points. I think that it's been so hard for every organization to figure that out, right? And for every leader to figure that out. Because again, as we were trying to work it out for ourselves, we're having to lead other people along that same path. So yeah, mm -hmm. I think you're right. That's definitely going to be taking a precedent over this next uh six months for sure. It's good because I think it just forces you, it has forced organizations and will continue to force organizations to just re to assess and reevaluate. And I think the answer largely is going to be, we need more, we need better digital tools than maybe we had before. Because as you said, Gretchen, the example you gave at the top of the show about being able to walk down the hall and ask person X the question, or God forbid, carry a piece of paper over to person Y for them to sign it, right? Oh, who knows? Maybe people still not do that. happening. <laughs> right. You, you're not able to do these things and, and, and magnify that by, you know, 10x or 100x, right? Yeah. And, 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 not, and not going back to the way it was before. Question. last thing for me would be just for folks who are interested in this and are trying to figure mm -hmm. out like, hey, we've been kind of treading water for a year and now we're ready to sort of come up out of it and reassess uh, our technology platforms. Are we getting the most out of them? Are we actually enabling our employees to have these good experiences across 10.25 HR systems that we have, uh, where can they go to kind of just connect, either connect with you, connect with ServiceNow, mm -hmm. learn a little bit more, maybe see some demos. What would be uh, your recommendation? Absolutely. Well, of course you can always connect on the ServiceNow uh, website or hit me up on Twitter, Gretchen A. I'm pretty, pretty visible there. The other thing I would encourage though, is as you're taking a look and thinking about what might be next, you know, I would really say center it on what is the employee experience going to look like? Take a look at that you know, what does your mobile site look like? What does your intranet site look like? I think a lot of organizations have maybe not put as much emphasis today for a long period of time there because we were so focused on other transactions and things. But, you know, in my digital world, 
if I'm not physically in the office, I, my main site, my main place to be is the company intranet, which frankly, you know, I would not have been saying a year ago. <laughs> so <laughs> how long has it been since you've really relooked at your communications to your employees, your yeah. central locations, you know, how that works with your mobile and thinking about a virtual agent, that general focus on that part of the employee experience as a starting point would definitely be a great place to start. We've got some good tools to, to leverage for that on our website as well. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, I think the last thing I'm going to say, Trish, and then I'll, I'll let you have your say here with Gretchen, our, our most frequent guest in HR Happy Hour Show history is if we get back to HR Tech in the fall in Las Vegas, which is our plan, we'll get a show to put together. If it'll be on the show floor, it'll be in the bar. I don't know where it'll be, but we'll get the show Somewhere. together. <laughs> we'll, we'll get Gretchen on the show with some of our other longtime friends and guests. And we are uh, we're optimistic. We're hopeful. We're looking forward to that too. HR happy hour live. Can't wait. That'll be fun. I love it. I feel like she's been on the show so much. She should be a co-host. Like if one of us has to <laughs> miss every once in a while, instead of us doing off. it by ourselves, we're going to call Gretchen. <laughs> I will be your guest host anytime. You guys are the other rock stars, but I will yeah. absolutely step in. I'll be like, you know, when Ellen takes a day off, I'll be happy to be that person who just steps in and tries to. I love it. Shoes. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. We need you to do that once in a while. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Well, I'm, you know what? I'm glad you came on today. Thank you for sharing all of this. Like I said, this was really timely. I think just because, you know, we, we just recorded a show where we're talking about what, what comes next for leaders, what should they be thinking about? Um, workflows was top of the list on, on things they actually could do that are actionable. So this is perfect so that they have some really solid examples they can take back to their leadership team and talk about, and, um, and they should definitely go out and find you and, uh, and make that connection. So yeah, great timing. All right. Well, thanks you guys. I love connecting with you guys always. So really appreciate the insight. Thanks so much, Gretchen. That was Gretchen Alarcon from ServiceNow, Vice President and General Manager, HR Service Delivery, Business Unit at ServiceNow. Oh, so great to have her back on the show. Great stuff, Trish. Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, we uh, that's it. Let's get out of here. It's fr- It's is it Friday? Is it Monday? I don't know what day it is. It it's feels like Monday. <laughs> I'm not sure when this show is going to post. Let's pretend it's Friday and it's almost happy hour. Okay, we'll pretend it's Friday. With that, uh, thanks for listening to the <laughs> HR Happy Hour Show uh, for Trish McFarland, for Gretchen Alarcon. My name is Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time, and bye for now. <laughs>